0: coming flesh, and dwelling among us. This morning, I would like to talk about the love of the Christmas story. And I can't think of any better place than to start with John 3.16. I want you to go ahead, since it's such a familiar passage, will you read together with me, even if you have it memorized? Let's follow the words along together in our Bible. Here we go all together. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. I'll tell you, we live in a world that has some really crazy definitions of love someone said well if you really love me you will if if you ever hear someone say that to you head the other direction because that's not love love does not manipulate and demand things in return this world screams and, and pleads and they, they write really dumb songs. How many of you have heard that crazy song? I gave you my heart last year for Christmas and the next day you gave it away. That's... Oh. If I had done that, I wouldn't sing about it. How about you? I mean, I wouldn't admit that I had done that, that I had been so foolish to give the most precious thing I own to someone who didn't care about it. You see, that's all the world has. Can I challenge you today to think about something? God's love. Demands perfect holiness. If you're to think about the attribute of God that sets him apart from every other thing known to mankind, would it not be God's holiness? Could we say amen? God is holy. Never once. Has he transgressed his law. Never once has he contradicted his character as God. But let me ask you a question. How many of us this week have done something that we had to say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to say that. You know what you just did? You contradicted your character. I got two little boys. Daddy, will you do something with us? And it's like, son, I'm working on your Christmas present. I don't care. I want to play now. Uh, I, I don't want to wait till then. I'll tell you, we need to be reminded that God's love, Here's what the Bible says. I'm going to read you some verses so, I, so we don't have to take time to look them all up. But Hebrews 12:14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. I've often, in trying to give people the gospel, uh, they've said, Well, nobody's perfect. Well, yeah, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Do you agree with that? You don't really say amen so much as oh me because it's so true. It's, it's the fact that we have all failed. But it all started with just one sin. Look at the mess we are in. Do you think God in His goodness is going to allow that to start over again in heaven? Hello? He can't. He won't. Because He's God. And because He is good, His love demands holiness. Perfect holiness. Holiness. That's why Jesus Christ came to earth. The Bible says, For as many as of are the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Uh, I've met many people, and I hope you don't mind hearing me say this over again. But I've never met anyone trying to go to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments could name me all Ten Commandments. Now, I would think if it were that important, you ought to know what they are, wouldn't you? And then, even if you could name all the Ten Commandments, I would remind you that there are 603 others that are in God's law. Every one is just as important as the Ten, which is the summary uh, of all of God's law. But see we have this crazy idea I love my children I could never punish them I could never tell them no That's not love That is not love Uh I love to quote my my dad taught me the meaning of two words: no and now. I'll tell you what you learn those two words and you've got an education, and, and uh, it will keep you out of a lot of trouble just knowing. but you know, there is security. How many of you have ever been walking through the streets of this city? Maybe late at night, you're kept because of work or other circumstances. And you walk down the stairs and you go on the subway platform and there's nobody there. And as you look around, you begin looking around, you see somebody slouching in the shadows over here in a really dark spot. And you start getting just a little... Anybody ever had that happen? I have. And I look over there, just try to, you know, you're going to be casual, just try to glance a quick, just a quick look without being too obvious. And you see it's a police uniform. I like that guy. I don't mind if he's slouching in the shadows. You know, there is comfort In law and order. Is there not? There is security there. I am so glad that God has never, ever let anyone get away with anything. Oh, it looks that way sometimes now, doesn't it? But I'll tell you what, we're all going to stand before God and His holiness is going to be intact. Here's what the Bible says. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, that's why Jesus Christ came to earth. To live among us as a man. To be tempted in every way that you and I have been tempted and yet never once to give in. How many of you haven't did it, don't, you don't do things with your hands, but you think in your mind. Boy, I'd like to. Isn't that the way we are? You know what the Bible says? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Jesus told in the Sermon on the Mount, if you look on a woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Those are God's standards. And every one of us falls short. Except Jesus. Amen? He lived among us. It says that He can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. The devil wants to put you in a place where it's just like, I I can't get out of here without sinning, so I'll, I'll pick the least of the sins. Don't raise your hands if you've been there. If you're a human being, the devil's put you in that spot. I want to challenge you. I want to tell you today, you never have to sin because God is holy. Jesus has fought the battles. He will bring you through. He will bring you us through these things. He will solve this world. He will judge every sin that was ever sinned. See, Jesus came to be born in Bethlehem's manger because God's love. I wish we could grab a hold of this. I wish we could really understand the absolute most wonderful thing that would ever happen in your life is for God to work His work of holiness in separating you from the world and its problems and allowing you to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Could we say amen to that truth? See, God's love demands perfect holiness. And building on this, God's love love, demands true justice and perfect justice. You see, God's law was never made to stop people from sinning. Thou shalt not kill. I'm sure that Mr. Gotti and all of his whatever things that he did, never once was convicted in his own mind about God's commandment, never thought about uh, that he, he would do that. We we have politicians today who think the solution to every problem is making new laws. I mean, I watch the people; they put in the big speed bumps. The the city, uh, the speed limit in New York City is now 25 miles an hour. How many of you actually drive 25 miles an hour? Don't raise your hands. Don't lie in church. I watch cars going up here and hitting that speed bump so hard that they're throwing sparks out on the street. What's really great is about 2 o'clock in the morning a delivery truck comes roaring, a garbage truck comes roaring down here doing about 50 miles an hour, hit that speed bump. And it sounds like the truck is going to come right apart on the street. It doesn't, praise God. But let me tell you, God is perfect in His holiness, but His holiness demands judgment and justice. Oh, we have a lot of people screaming for justice today, don't we? And you know what their definition of justice is? I don't have what you have, and so I want you to give me what you have so I can have what you have because that's just and fair. Listen, even Bill Gates has got it figured out life isn't fair. That's his first undeniable truth of life if you I don't read much of Bill Gates. I get mad at him every time my computer glitches, I'm sorry. Um Because he's the guy that developed the software. But that's not justice. You know what justice is? That every one of us would be separated from God for all eternity in a place called hell. You see, God created hell for the devil and his angels. But what is he supposed to do with a human being that absolutely refuses to accept the love of Jesus Christ? What is he supposed to do? You see, God's love demands perfect, complete, and true justice. Hebrews 2 says, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast in every transgression, and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him? Can I challenge you that God's love, demands a perfect holiness and when we transgress God's holiness it demands a perfect justice and judgment for every sin but God's love brought us forgiveness I wish I could take the whole sermon this morning and just talk about that one word it is the difference between the Bible truth and every false religion. You see, every false religion gives you some way to work it out with God. Some way to accomplish certain deeds and certain acts and rituals that will make God happy with you. The Bible tells us God in His love refused to let you and I have a part in that work because we would mess it up like we have everything else. God's love sent Jesus to the cross to pay the price for every sin that was ever sinned. You see, forgiveness is not well, I know you, you. really tried to hurt me and but I'm I'm going to forgive you. Oh, that is the worst bologna sandwich. Uh, it's not true. You cannot forgive me because of your goodness, because you don't have any. Forgiveness is based upon the goodness of Jesus Christ and His love to die on the cross. He paid the price of every sin. That's why the Bible says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. Forgiveness never happens in the Bible without payment. That's what the sacrifices were for. Don't you just tell somebody I forgive you. You don't have that authority. Do you know how you forgive someone? Is you go to Jesus and get his forgiveness first then when someone injures you and does wrong to you, you can go back to that same Jesus that forgave you for every sin and give Him that one too. And He'll take care of it. You see, that's how God in His love protects me from bitterness. He protects me from carrying around the weight of other people's evil deeds against me. Someone once asked me, Pastor, why do the innocent people always suffer? Because sin is evil. What kind of world would this be if there were no consequences for sin? There are consequences and innocent people do suffer. But I don't have to carry the grudge of unforgiveness because Jesus paid for every sin on the cross. He fulfilled every ounce of God's justice in His love for us. Not only will He forgive me my sins against Him, He'll forgive me other people's sins against me. And you know what that does for me? It sets me free. I don't have to carry the weight of the wrong that other people do. His love. His holiness, His justice brings me forgiveness. Amen? If you want to sum this up, the message this morning so far, here's what we would say. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. You see, it's God's grace. You know what grace is? How many of you have ever had a little cut? I remember, do you remember the, oh man, Schmutzler family going to Mongolia. They were here and uh, their little boy did something. I don't know what he did. I think he fell down on the carpet in the basement got a little burn on his chin. And and my wife went and got some antibiotic salve and a little band-aid. And he told his mom, he says, I like that church medicine. It just makes me feel better. We were somewhere and she found a really cheap, uh, uh, it was Neosporin on sale. And so we bought a tube and sent it to him and said, Tell your little boy, here's some more church medicine, alright? See, that's what grace is. Grace takes the healing work of Almighty God and puts it on the spot that hurts. Amen? For by grace are ye saved, how? Through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Paul said it this way in Romans, And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. You see, if you're here today and you're trying to work your way to heaven, I've got news for you. Every time you do a good deed trying to tell God that you're taking care of your sin, you're refusing His grace. His grace solves my sin problem i've had people say pastor if i walked in there the building and fall down on me (laughs) now i just want to go would you like a little tag to put on your forehead that says stupid i mean give me a break Do you think you're such a terrible sinner that God can't forgive you of your sins? What kind of pride and blasphemy is that, my friend? My God's bigger than your sin. He's not even shocked by it. He knew every one of them when Jesus was nailed to the cross. God's accounting in His holiness is perfect. No sin that has been committed in the history of mankind, is not recorded in God's records and was not satisfied when Jesus died on the cross and uttered those words. In the English, it's three. In the Hebrew, it's only one. It is finished. For God so loved the world, He gave His grace to all. You see, I do believe in working for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, There are things that you ought to do. But I don't do them to earn God's grace. I'm able to do them because I'm full of God's grace. I'm powered by His grace. And my human nature will get in the way and make it hard to see that sometimes. But that's why we can go back and ask for His forgiveness. And He is just to forgive us. He's faithful. He's always there. How many of you get tired of someone coming and asking favors of you? You know why? Because we run out of time and we run out of energy and we run out of strength. God never does. You see, He loves us. He's given us His grace. What's the last thing? Faith. You know what faith is? For by grace are ye saved through... Faith. You see, God's love demands perfect holiness. God's love demands perfect justice. And that perfect justice gives, brings us forgiveness. Amen. God's love brings His grace to us that we can take His perfect holiness. His perfect justice, His perfect love, and we can apply them to our own lives through faith. And we don't have to live like everybody else. We can have hope, joy, peace, and love. We can have the answers. Uh, I love that song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. I I think of the story of, of Mr. Longfellow as... As he was sitting there trying, and then he says, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. Amen. Hate is strong, but God is stronger. You see, there is no power in this world that can resist the love of God. But in order for you to enjoy it, you have to receive it. You see, if you're struggling today with unbelief, if you're struggling with the fact that you don't want to believe that God loves you, I I want to challenge you. I want you to stop and think about this. How much trouble God went to so that you and I could be saved. 6,000 years of human history to this point, according to the Bible. About 4,000 years of that history had expired when, according to the book of Galatians, Jesus was born in the fullness of the time that God had planned. Now, we as human beings, we can't wait 4,000 years. We can't wait 400 years. If we were honest, most of us in this room don't even have 40 years left till we reach that big seven zero. 0 Listen. Faith is rooted in God's love. True Bible faith is very exclusive. True Bible faith does not depend on how you feel about things. True Bible faith is not dependent on on your goodness or what you have done. I've had people say, well, you know, I just can't believe the Bible. Well, then I have no hope for you. Because the only hope I have is in the words of this book. People say, Well, I I just can't I, I can't believe that God is so good and I'm so bad. Look in the mirror. If you can't be honest, you'll never get saved. You know that? You see, without faith, It's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. And that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We're here Christmas Sunday because God is. Because God is good. You see... God didn't just sit in heaven in his perfect state of holiness and dismiss the human race. He sent himself, God the Son, to wrap himself in human flesh and live among us and never once violate the holiness of God. Then Jesus, as the perfect Son of God, was able to satisfy God's justice perfectly. By suffering and fulfilling every ounce of God's judgment on the cross. Then he offers you and I grace. All we have to do is believe. All we have to do is stop trying. You know, Christmas is in just a couple of days. And there's going to be presents maybe hopefully for everyone here in this auditorium and you know one of the most hurtful things that can happen is when you put great time and effort and into a gift and the person that receives it goes, "What's this?" I hope there's a gift tag in here. Maybe I can give it to some I mean, that would be hurtful, wouldn't it? Most of us have had that happen one time or another. Would you treat the gift of God that same way? Oh, this is for somebody else. It's not for me. Uh, I, I don't need this. I'm okay. You can't re gift Jesus Christ because. The same gift is available to every human being that has ever lived. It's your personal decision. Will you put your faith and trust in Jesus today? Say, I don't know how. Well, the easiest thing in the world is just to give up. Here's what one man said God be merciful to me, a sinner. Could you pray that prayer with no strings attached? And just simply say, God be merciful to me. He'll save you today. He'll save you forever. Because He's already taken care of His holiness and His justice. His grace is greater than any sin you can ever sin. All you must do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Christian... You're here today and we're celebrating Christmas together as a church because it's a great time of the year. Amen. It's a lot of fun to sing the Christmas carols and pass out the Christmas tracks. I love walking up and down the street saying, can I give you a Christmas track? And I've had more than one person stop, turn around and say, yeah, and take it. Because they know it's not Jehovah's Witnesses. They don't believe in Christmas. Let me me challenge you today. How you got saved was believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not saved, you can get that done today. You say, but I can't. Yes, you can. God will not withhold His salvation from any human being. The only way you miss out on God's salvation is by you refusing God's love. Now, Christian, the way you got saved is the way you live. How many times this week have we refused God's love and went our own way or tried to sort it out ourselves? He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, that's how great His love is. His mercies are new every morning, are they not? Great is Thy faithfulness. cannot exhaust this topic, the love of God. Just in the story of Christmas, we could be here until tomorrow, and we wouldn't even be getting started. But I'll tell you something better than me trying to explain it to you. Live it live in His forgiveness, live in God's love. And you won't have to wait till Christmas Day to enjoy the love of the Christmas story and all God's people said. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning in prayer. And Lord, my prayer is for each person in this auditorium that they would understand that That baby that was born in Bethlehem's manger now sits at the right hand of the majesty of God on high. He has offered salvation to anyone and all who will believe on him. Only in Jesus can God's holiness remain untainted. Only in Jesus can God's love be ever true. Only in Jesus can God's forgiveness be real, and yet His justice never compromised. Only in Jesus can we touch out, touch and receive God's grace into our own lives through faith. Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit would have freedom to work in each heart and life here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The hymn of invitation. 308. As Andrew comes and leads us, would you come? If you need to pray, the altar's open. If you need to be saved, look this way as you come. And we'll have someone take the Bible and show you how you may know your sins are forgiven and heaven's your home. Would you come as we sing?